Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It is season six of the Full 40. This is your host, Chris Bellotti. Rob is not here, but we are joined by, by our new co-host, Willie Annan. Is I, am I saying it right? Yeah, you got it right. It is yeah. Annan. What is up, Full 40 Nation? Let's ride. Oh, I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Obviously, the Full 40 is part of the Nova Insider Network. This is season six. You might be wondering, where's the full 40 with Chris and Rob? What's going on? This is crazy. Uh, but, yeah, we're here. It's the it's Sunday, October 2nd. Hoops Mania was like last night for some reason. Just a few uh, hours ago. Just, just a few short hours ago, Meek Mill was performing on Villanova's campus. Um, but we're here, Sunday morning. I am not putting any pressure on Willie to drink. I did get a little bit of Four Roses small batch bourbon. Um, I think Willie's got the water. water I got bottle. a nice water bottle going. There uh, you go. We're shooting some hoops this morning, so we're we're in hydration mode. Nice, nice, nice. I was not as physically capable this morning. I barely got out of bed. Um, I also got coffee and water going for me uh, this morning, so I got the full trifecta. Um, so here we are, season yeah. six. You haven't heard from us in a while. I just want to touch on that, and then we'll get into introducing Willie. So. As you know, we recorded the 40s like six months ago in April. Um, great episode. After that, we were supposed to do a little bit more off-season stuff. And then you might have heard a certain Hall of Fame coach retired. We're they not going to get into that. <laughs> we're not going to get into that in this episode all that much. Um, obviously, we'll allude to the fact that Kyle Neptune's the coach now. We know we need to cover that. And I promise you... Me, Rob, and Willie, the three of us, will cover that in the next episode. We're going to do a full-blown off-season recap episode. But we needed, at first, to get you introduced to Willie, and we needed to get the ball rolling on the podcast because we've taken a long time off. Why is that? I got really not a whole lot for you. We were Life. busy with work. <laughs> Life. Candidly, last season, we were burnt out at the end of it. Um, which actually is a good segue into why Willie's here. Uh, me and Rob were talking in the offseason and basically made the decision that we wanted to con continue going with the podcast, but that the burnout that we felt after last season was just kind of similar to what Jay was saying with the retirement thing. Like it was just too much to overcome for us. We got a lot going on in our lives currently. Uh, and we wanted to bring in some um, youth anyway. And what greater time to start the next phase of the podcast than when a new coach comes on? So, so we reached out uh, to a few people. Willie had the uh, unfortunate pleasure of meeting me while I, I was called a pleasure. I was absolutely obliterated in New Orleans at the Final Four. Um, we had already lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> And I it think was during I was, the Duke North Carolina game. It was during, yeah, it's exactly right. I was walking around just the concourse of which was um, so much fun. I, was, I just I was bumping into people, I was having a blast, just running around. Yeah, I drunkenly talked to Chris Jenkins for like 15, 20 <laughs> minutes. I talked to you for a while. I think I said to everybody, like, 
Like no reason to hang our heads to every single person I saw. I was like, there's no reason to hang our heads. It's a great season. It's a great season. As if anyone was just like, yeah, no, I'm like, no one there was pissed. No one. Like, it was, it was the most like, all right, whatever that happened. Yeah. So, so I don't know what the hell was gotten into me other than a lot, a lot of alcohol, which I blame on the preseason, uh, the, sorry, the, the pregame that Villanova hosted at that beautiful place in, um, in uh in new orleans it was yeah, awesome. somewhere in the french quarter i can't remember where it was but yeah. it was really nice so i blame them but anyway enough about me enough about us willie's part of the podcast now get used to it you don't like it don't listen i don't care whatever it may be but willie's part of us um and so willie's joining us as a co-host and what you're going to see throughout the season is sometimes it'll be all three of us sometimes it'll be me and willie sometimes it'll be me and rob sometimes it'll be willie and rob and you don't know what you're going to get so life's like a box of chocolates. Exactly. Um, and and so there we go. With if, that being said, Willie, tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So the first thing I want to say, so just like when Jay retired, um, if Chris and Rob are Jay, I'm Kyle Neptune, bringing in a little bit of youth, but we're all going to be still working on this together. But um, I graduated from Villanova in 2015. Um, so Still not that young, I'm about to turn 30, but uh, so graduated in 2015. I'd been a Villanova fan since I would say like 2003. Um, my parents didn't go to Villanova. I'm from the area. Well, I'm from Delaware. So a bit local. And when I was growing up, I was obsessed with college basketball. And I just was like, I want a college basketball team. So I located to like the teams that were doing well at that time. So you might remember the St. Joe's team of 2003 with Delon or 2004, 2004 with Delonte West and Jameer Nelson. That was like my favorite team for a bit. And then when I turned 12, that was like the first year of the Foy, Ray, Nep or Lowry situation. Um, and from that point on, I attached to Villanova. And right about, I feel like when you're about 12 or 13 is when you typically like, oh, this is my team now. And that's what just happened. So I was been, I've been a diehard ever since then. And just kind of coincidentally, also went to Villanova for school. Uh, but yeah, so I've been watching, I mean, every game painstakingly. Uh, I'm constantly just reviewing. I watch, I would say I watch more Villanova basketball in the offseason than I do during the season. Um, I'm like constantly rewatching games that I can get my hands on. Um, my YouTube TV DVR is chock filled with Villanova basketball um, recurring stuff. So. I'm really excited to be here. Um, I'm excited to be a part of the crew. Yeah. And he's at Willie Law on Twitter. And yes. Oh, he yeah. An excellent Twitter follow. Um, he, did a, he did a 2018 West Virginia. Like, like yeah. Like you, you kind of tell the story as you're watching, yeah. as you're watching on Twitter, even for replays, which I yeah. think is, I think is excellent. It's fun just going back. So yeah, uh, at Willie on Twitter, I got to get better at plugging my own Twitter name. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just kind of fun going back and like rewatching and like, especially with the context, like I was watching 2018 team and you could just see, I mean, you could just like with the context of, yeah, we won the title, you could just see how everything was going. Um, it was also fun to be able to give props in the moment or, or retroactive props because I didn't want to get Western Junior Pops during that game. I remember I had to turn off the, t the game for like a two minute period after Dante turned it over. Um, when they get went up, I just like, I was like, I need to take a lap. Um, so I turned it off. And when I came back, I came back for the Spellman dunk and I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is lit. But, so it was fun rewatching it and like just getting back into those moments there. So Willie, we know what to expect from you on the podcast. You're going to bring 
all this great stuff to us, but can you tell the audience what to expect from you? Yeah. Uh, so what you're going to get from me is a little bit of humor, but also um, a lot of just like general um, NBA knowledge as well. So what I'm hoping to add to the podcast is obviously everyone here loves Villanova basketball, watches Villanova basketball. I watch uh, college basketball specifically with like a draft um, eye. So I love watching the games and thinking about like who's going to be drafted. How does that look like? Not to say that this podcast is changing towards anything like that, which is it's still remaining Villanova basketball. But what's going to be cool is whether it's uh, some Nova players or some players that we see coming um, in games that we're going to be having versus them or that we've already played, I'll be able to point out some things that I think are super interesting about like, hey, this person like might be a person to keep an eye on long term for the draft. Uh, and then I think what I'm also going to be able to do is just, I think what we, when we spoke about this earlier, Chris, was when we watched when we were playing under Jay, we had a certain ebb and flow to the way that we played. Um, and I think what's going to be fun for all three of us is how does that ebb and flow change with Neptune? You know, and I feel like we'll talk about this a little bit more in the pre, in the season um, preview and the offseason review. But how does how do things change under Neptune? How does the flow of the team play? Um, we always knew we were good for that ten to two burst right between the like after between the ten and eight minute mark of the first half. Uh, we always knew we were good for that because that's just the way that we played. Right after the under twelve, we were usually being able to go. What is that? How does that change? So I'm really excited for that, but I really think there's just going to be a lot of um, focus and uh, thought around like, what does it look like um, from a draft perspective? What is, how does the team look like? And then just like thinking about um, some of the, like, what's what I'm looking for, some of the uh, patterns that we're going to see emerge throughout the season. That's awesome. Well, we're, well, we're happy to have you on. And uh, as I said, again, at Willie law on Twitter, um, obviously you can continue to follow at the full 40. Uh, we will, we will maybe do one of those. They do those things now where you can kind of co-tweet something. Uh, yeah. so maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do a Willie law takeover. I don't know. We could, we could do something like that. Prepare for unhinged tweets. That's all that, I'm going to say. That's fine. I, if you're <laughs> still following us on Twitter or listening to our podcast, I think that they're pretty prepared for unhinged. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit of basketball, right? Like we got a first taste visually of the Neptune era yeah. last night. I don't want to dig all the way into breaking down hoops mania. We'll cover that a little bit in the offseason uh in review podcast. But but we did see a couple things last night. Yeah. And I think the number one thing, other than just like seeing Kyle Neptune lead the show as opposed to Jay Wright, was What's changed? Like what 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 players can do what? We have some new freshmen here. We have some new players who are redshirt sophomores, redshirt freshmen, whatever they may be. Yeah. What are they bringing to the table? Um, and obviously, the number one thing that was aflame on popped Twitter out. Yeah, last night out was was Mark Armstrong, um, who appears to be trending towards the starting point guard role in a freshman year. Yeah. So, so with, with Justin Moore out, especially, uh, this, this was pretty big, his, yeah. his debut last night. It was, it was, he was more in control than I thought. And obviously it's a 10 minute scrimmage, you know, there's, right. there's, you can only take so much from it, but he hit two threes, I think looked really in control, really smooth. And then the thing that everyone's going to know and everyone saw on Twitter is he won the dunk contest with two very good a windmill and a um, east bay between the legs and really looking like he just floats 
he, he when he jumps he floats it's very it's not violent it's like Kirby lifting up and just floating and then he had a beautiful dunk so he looked fun and that was my big takeaway where my eyes are like oh okay he's he might be a bit more real than we thought I expected him to be very good I thought you know he'd be good for a freshman and then sophomore junior senior year we have a like a great leader without putting too much on it early he looked really good for <laughs> the the unsaid there yeah. is I don't know how long this guy's going to be here. Uh, yeah, that's the unsaid. <laughs> that's the unsaid that I just said. Um so look we saw that um everyone saw at this point uh we retweeted it out uh, the 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 three ball from from Brizzy uh yeah. the redshirt freshman Brizzy uh he looked like a lefty Colin Gillespie, and I specifically actually tweeted that out, not for Nova fans, because um, they're going to see it. I wanted the rest of the Big East universe yeah. to see it, just to really needle them. Like, I feel like they need to know that we have another one. <laughs> it's I can't wait to see the tweets from DePaul people or St. John's people or Seen Hall people when they see that highlight. And yeah, they thought they thought it was over, and it's not. He's Brizzy's coming. It's the 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 long line continues. Um, I can't wait to see the isn't this Archer Diakno or isn't this Gillespie tweet? Why 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 do where where do they pull these clones out of? Because Brizzy looked just way better than I thought. Um, strong in control. I knew he could shoot, but this is this is really good to where I feel like we're gonna have a fun point guard battle between him and Armstrong. They're both going to make each other better. And then once J-Mo comes back, whatever that may be, we'll be able to take on the, we'll be in a good spot with them and we'll be able to take another leap because Justin is all league level when he's healthy. And they play the game differently. And I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing. I, I think it's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for this team. Uh, obviously you don't have the steady hand of like a Justin Moore. You got a bunch yeah. of guys who have different levels, but not a lot of experience, especially in big time games. But what you got with Brizzy, um, Armstrong, Longino, uh, Caleb, yep. et cetera, is a bunch of guys who would play the lead guard, the point, the lead guard, point guard position in like wildly different ways. Yep. So if we can adjust to that and our tempo can adjust to the point guard position, depending on who it is, then I think we're going to be good. And it's going to yeah. be like, it's going to be like a pitcher like throwing heaters with like Armstrong off, off the plate. And then a guy, and then a guy coming in or a reliever coming in who's, who's throwing, who's throwing change ups and, yeah. and curveballs and sliders and a bunch of breaking stuff with like a brizzy or whatever. So it's, yep. it's going to be just like changing speeds on them. I don't know if Kyle Neptune's going to be comfortable with like our tempo and pace of play changing based on one person. Um, and I don't know if he's going to let these guys run. I think you kind of have to with the level I, of athleticism on this team because yeah. it doesn't stop at Armstrong. No. It's 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 Whitmore. Dixon is a beast and looks like he trimmed down. And last year he was getting taken out a lot because he couldn't stay on the floor because he was still yeah. working on conditioning. That seems to possibly be gone. And Slater is still on the team and he's super athletic. So I don't know this team's got to run. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. Slater tried to take out Arch in the first play of the scrimmage. He <laughs> went for a posterizing dunk. I was like, why are we doing this? This is your teammate. And he went to just obliterate him. He missed and got fouled. But so Slater's still good for 
three or four posters a year where it's like, oh, wow, that might be the dunk of the season for Villanova. Yeah. So so the, the couple of things, though, that I do want to point out, I didn't hear too much on Whitmore last night, and I don't know if that was just him. Yeah. Just, it was just Armstrong just shown so bright that it was – that yeah. it was that I, I i didn't so hear I a lot a, about him yeah i got a chance to watch a little bit of it um basically what i saw from whitmore was he didn't really attack the basket um he got he got fouled once in transition and then he, and he had an and one that was probably the most impressive thing i know him and slater collided on that play i think slater's fine um but um basically he was shooting a lot of threes just trying to i think show that range um he didn't hit anything um mechanics looked fine there it was a quicker release so i think it'll be fine he just basically took a lot of threes didn't make anything um and then at the dunk contest um he i think was a victim of his own athleticism where he was trying to like do some dunks there was a dunk he was trying to do that at the nba dunk contest would have been a 50 he couldn't complete it um but he was so he was more of like uh i think he just had a little bit of energy and jitters and wasn't like completely in the flow but I mean, just athletically, he's completely fine. Awesome. And then a little bit of bad news that we learned. A um, little bit of bad news, and we don't have an offseason without guys getting banged up. These guys go full full balls all the time. That's not going to change. Yeah. Um, Brendan Housen yep. was out with a concussion, and Caleb Daniels was out with a broken nose. Now, yep. neither of those things seem like they're going to impact the season all that much. Obviously, you hate to see guys um, miss time at all on, in the prep yeah. on, on the court. The good news about a broken nose is that probably still pretty clear for most basketball activities and most and most most lifting activities and what have you. So Caleb is probably fine and staying in the flow. Um, I would have hated to see him miss more time in offseason because I feel like that's been the 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 thing for him for the last yeah. couple of years. Um, Housing with a concussion. Um, unless we're the Miami Dolphins, um, he's going to be out for a little bit. So, yeah. so, and I don't think we are the Miami Dolphins. So, I think, I think he'll be, uh, I think he'll be out for a little bit. That's okay. He'll um, be good for the season. He'll be good yeah. for the season, and we'll get him back into, we'll get him back into shape. But he's obviously got to limit his activities for the time being. Mm-hmm. Um, no word on how those injuries happened. Oh, I was apparently they collided in practice. I would have. I was just about to say they probably collided. Yeah, like, they, they collided in practice is what I heard. Yeah. So that tracks. And honestly, that's just. I think if, I ever, if there's a season without a broken nose in Villanova basketball, then we're not playing Villanova basketball. That's just the, it's the price of admission. That's what Caleb becoming a senior leader. That's what that's the price of admission is a broken nose. And yeah. plus, we're going to get to see Mask Caleb likely during the season, which will be a fun little mask watch um because we had mass gillespie early time blends together but i think that was early last year where he had the broken nose so you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll get the we'll get the mask watch on as well that's awesome so we have the blue white scrimmage coming up on thursday and then there will be a little bit of all quiet on the western front yep. for for uh, about four weeks until the until the season starts like we'll we'll get information from media people who come to watch practice and and whatever but this is kind of like the first deep debut and then we're going to have four weeks to really talk about it before the season starts yeah i would assume we'd have some kind of secret scrimmage or like maybe i feel like it's a little early to or a little late to have an exhibition but i assume there's some kind of secret scrimmage happening which we'll hear is happening and then we'll get like three breadcrumbs of information from it where yeah. you know like three years ago it was like oh justin moore 
scored like 40 points in versus North Carolina. And that's all we heard um, from the secret scrimmage. But um, yeah, it's going to be pretty quiet after the blue white scrimmage, which I mean, to its credit, that's for like four 10 minute quarters of just like different teams. We're going to get it, be able to take, I think we're going to be able to take some things away from that scrimmage though. So I feel like we'll have enough to chew on for the next four weeks with that. And then any secret scrimmage and any other news we get out of it. Yeah. So it's going to be a very interesting season, obviously a new coach at the helm. Although I want to get into that in a little bit. The other piece of this that makes it very interesting is Justin Moore and what's going to happen with him. Obviously his season ended um, with the Achilles tear in the elite eight game. uh, And, and he got surgery that week was down on uh, was down in new Orleans with the team um, watching. Um, There was that scene of Jay consoling him, which was, tear jerking <laughs> and uh and other than that he has been rehabbing super focused on that i don't love to assign a ton of like um oh you know this person's like a good person so to speak because they're healing quickly right like everyone's yeah. body feels differently but you do look for like is the guy putting in all the work that he absolutely needs to to get back and ready to play and everything that's come out of the program has said just exactly that, which doesn't surprise anybody. Yeah, not at all. Uh, I mean, Moore is one of the most intense competitors that we've ever had. Um, You know, he's not the quiet, he's not like the yell out loud style competitor, but just like the quiet, like death stare, constant. Stone cold, constant. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So he is looking like he is going to be back. We, We originally thought could be the whole season. Could it be, could it be most of the season late, late, lately, he's been saying we're expecting somewhere around the start of biggies play, which is a massive development for conference play. Um, So we're going to stay, keep our eyes on that, but that's obviously going to be a storyline because it's basically like you get your, what is essentially your best player uh, back like early mid season, which gives the team enough time to adjust to him coming back. And the way our schedule stacked with the Big East is we do have some tough games up front, but it's mostly kind of like meandering. Um, and then and then our February in the Big East Conference is backloaded. Yeah. So by that time, you'd expect Justin to be fully integrated back into the team if the timing all syncs up, where like we can be going on our run, playing our toughest opponents, picking up our biggest resume builders, at the end of the season with Justin Moore fully back. Yeah. But how does that impact the rest of the team? We, you, we've seen this before where a guy comes back into a roster and you expect, Oh, now that they're good. Now they're, they were good before. Now they're going to be amazing. And it actually takes them some time for the team to adjust. So Justin plays his own style. Um, yeah. That style is going to be different than what Armstrong brings to the table. What Brizzy brings to the table, what Arch brings to the table, what Longino brings to the table. So he's going to put his own stamp on the team when he comes back. But that all being said, we obviously very much prefer him to come back than I'd not. rather, yeah. But early is better. The earlier we can get him back integrated with the team, the better. Yeah, completely agree. And yeah, I, I want to, uh, off the point of him playing differently, I mean, we alluded to this, we think Neptune might let him run a little bit faster. Um, if Justin comes back, we're probably going to go a little bit slower at times with him on the ball just because – he's more methodical and a little bit more driven and he'll start backing people down at the post. Um, So it'll be interesting. I'm excited that he's potentially coming back that early. And like, like we, as we mentioned, it's never, it's rarely that you add them in and then you don't drop anything off. 
if once we add him in, there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment. They're gonna people are gonna get used to how to play with him. Because even though he's still around the team and practicing, I'm a sure I'm sure he's not like actually in any kind of real practice with them besides like shooting. Mm-hmm. So none of the uh Whitmore well, Brizzy probably knows how to play with him, but Whitmore and Armstrong have played with him, and then he's never played with this team with those people. So it's going to take a little bit to kind of figure it out. Um, I'd imagine he comes off the bench for like the first couple of games, and then he'll like figure it out, and we'll kind of go on this journey together. But it's exciting simply because I, I there was a point I thought we might not ever see him again in a Villanova uniform. That's where I my head was at April yeah. of 2022, and now it's like, oh, we might see him before the calendar year ends. So exciting stuff. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about expectations before we wrap up here. Like where, yeah. where, where do we, and we'll talk about this more as the as the preseason kind of goes on, but what are the expectations for this team? Like I, just to kind of give a sense, the lay of the land of where the media members have it, what the talk of the town, so to speak, is in the Big East, the pecking order is Creighton is considered a national title contender, yep. um, or at least a Final Four contender. And then, you know, depending on who you talk to, Villanova, UConn, Xavier, Xavier are yep. kind of talked about in the next tranche down with the thought being that Villanova is a little half, maybe a third step ahead, quarter step ahead of those two teams. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what the people are saying. I'm not saying it's accurate, but that's kind of what people are saying. And then, and then on the national conversation, what you normally see is Villanova as a surefire tournament team, potentially second weekend team, not really being talked about in the final four title contending um, realm. And I yeah. think that's a, I think that's a couple of different factors at play here. I think where people are getting to is, Look, the more news I don't think has fully been digested by the national media. I think the Big East media gets it. The national media I don't think is fully digested than the more timetable. Yep. But I think more than anything else, people are looking at front of the jersey and saying Villanova, they got to be top 25, right? Like they got to be good, yep. right? Um, with their people that are returning and what have you. But then they're looking at it and saying, well, it's not Jay Wright though. So they can't possibly be top 10 final four good, which to me is actually a little bit interesting because we're bringing back a ton of talent, bringing in a ton of talent. Yeah. And, and if you want comparatives, there actually now has been a couple of comparatives of teams that have changed coaches off of a hall of famer in the last 10 years that have, that are kind of like a blue bloody, I don't want to get into that debate, but a blue bloody ish program that has, turned over their head coach and gone on to a final four, got on to a national championship. Yep. Um, UConn and UNC, UConn in 2014, UNC in 2022 being two classic examples of this, of under new leadership, the start of the season was rocky as the season wore on, kind of strengthened up a little bit, got really fully healthy and prepared for a March run and then went on a big kick in, in, in March. And, I can't help but actually want to draw a little bit of comparisons to this Villanova squad under Kyle Neptune to those teams. Yeah. So I'm a little bit all over the place on expectations here. Yeah. I mean, I think in patterns and that pattern sticks out to me where I'm like, oh, well, Nep just makes sense to be the next one to do it. If Hubie did it, Nep can do it. Um, 
I do let's let me temper my expectations. I can't go into the season expecting Final Four run. I I rarely expect that going into any season. Of course, it's such a hard thing to accomplish. Um, but I do think the national media hasn't fully digested the Justin Moore news. Um, I think where they put us is, I feel like we just kind of get placed in the, once again, like you said, we have to be top 25. We're Villanova, we're turning a bunch of talent, but Jay Wright's not here. So we're in that 14 to 15 range, typically. Some people, I've seen us at low as like 20 in some um, early preseason polls and whatever rankings. Um, all that will change, we'll see. Uh, we might have an early loss or two, um, which will, I'm sure the ship will, people will be panicking. I'm telling you, stay, stay true. Um, I think the only thing I want to see from the team is like, are we still playing Villanova basketball? If yeah. we're still doing that early, and I, there's no reason to not expect it, as every, as 80% of the team was here last year. Um, so I think we're still going to be playing Villanova basketball. I expect a tournament team. What level that looks like, I don't know. Like, could we be? Does Justin come back early? Do we click immediately? And are we a three seed? Or is yeah. it, like you said, a little bit more rocky and we kind of are back and forth and we're playing, we're a seven seed or we're a six seed, whatever it may be, I expect a tournament team. Beyond that, I just think it's like having fun and um, just like understanding Neptune. Those are like my expectations. Um, completely, yeah, completely agree with that. Um, I think that's what you got to be at. I think you're, you got to set your baseline as like make the tournament, right? Yep. Like there's enough firepower on the roster to be a tournament team there's like there should be no reason why this team doesn't make the tournament yeah um but you could um I, my i think my point is less around the maybe expectation but like i guess i'm getting to is this team a little bit underrated rated overrated i'm trying to figure out i feel like we're a little maybe a little overrated in the very early part of the season but I think we're underrated from like uh hey, this team long term. Could this team make a final four run? Like, yeah, I feel like if Jay Wright was the coach of this team, right? Like, and granted, Jay's not the coach of this team, he's a Hall of Famer. Kyle Neptune's at his second year coaching ever, but um, but Neptune's gonna like basically keep the Jay Wright way, and Jay's kind of like really lingering, like, yeah, like, like he's having a hard time letting go. I think Which, harder than I he wanna... expected. I want to get into that a little bit later. We can do that. That's another episode. Yeah. But. So I'm wondering if like, if like there's a little bit of underrating going on because if Jay Wright was the coach of this team, I truly believe the national media would be talking about this team as a final four contending team. Yeah. I could say that yeah. with the, with the freshman coming in. And it's not just like any old freshman, like, Oh, this, they just have a good class. Like you have two guys, bona fide guys and Housen's good too, but yeah. like two bona fide guys who people are talking about have like maybe one two of the most athletic guys that Villanova's ever brought in. Yep. And Armstrong, questionable, Whitmore, definitely body ready for the program. Yep. So so it's it's one of those things that like people are just like, they're not talking about that. And I'm very curious about how the season progresses on, what that conversation will look like. I think, you're wor- I think what you described in the beginning is where I stand. I don't think we're, I think we're properly rated. But I think we're going to have a rougher beginning of the year than people would think. Uh, but I think we're also long term not being spoke about in the final four level that I think this team could get to if everything clicks right. So right. it's like long term, kind of underrated, near term. We're properly rated, trending to maybe slightly overrated. Like maybe we should be like the 23rd best team instead of like the 14th. But regardless, like I think. W- I think long term we're gonna be pretty good. Yeah, I 
I, I, I do agree with that. I, actually, in this Neptune era, I kind of look at this season as like a little bit of like a we're going to have a lot of fun with just seeing some of the nuances of how he does things. Like Jay was so veteran, like driven. Yep. And Neptune has a little bit of that doesn't have a choice, um, but to, but to play freshman given the more injury yeah. um, that I feel like you're going to see that. Um, so there's, there's going to be some storylines to watch around the difference between Neptune and Jay. But this season in particular, I I don't know, good or bad, I don't know if we can fully draw a complete referendum on Neptune this season. It's actually more two years down the line, three years down the line. That's going to be me, like, when I'm going to be like, okay, where is the program headed? Yeah. Right? Like, because this season we just have an explosion of talent. More is going to come back mid-season. So you don't know how that's going to impact the team early or late. And and so we don't know where, where this is all going to go. First yeah. year of a new head coach, whatever. I'm just pointing out that that it wouldn't blow my mind if this team is the Final Four team. It, no. wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. J- this is a Jay Wright put together team. Like right. Jay put this team together and then basically handed it off to Neptune. So for this, for this season, it's what can Neptune do with a Jay Wright put together team? And that's just basically it. Right. And what he was able to do at Fordham, I know – 16 and 16 or whatever they were isn't of world beating but at Fordham in one year that's that's amazing with the level of resources that program has um the fact he was able to pull in some talent there so there's a lot of positives and things to like look at with Nep and think he could take over a J team and do pretty damn well with them yeah I think so and one thing that's been coming out of the program this whole summer is that is that Jay hasn't been around, but he's very actually been very rarely around during the summers, whether yeah. it be recruiting, Olympics, whatever it may be. He spends a lot of time away from the school in the summer. And so Kyle's been saying this has kind of been business as usual this summer. It actually is kind of weird. Yeah. That we are um that that, that this kind of just like feels as normal it as feels it does. Assistants have been running stuff. Neptune's just kind of in there. He, it seems like it's a work by committee situation. This feels, I think it's normal for the team. Yeah, right. Exactly right. And mind you, Neptune was probably involved with recruiting some of these guys. So, yeah. so it's, it's, and, and coaching some of them too, because they've been around the program long enough. So I, it, it's going to be interesting. I am, as a, that's, a, that's what I get into though. I'm not, I'm not super worried about recruiting yet with him i'm not super worried about really anything i just am like really curious to see the season and how it plays out yeah this team this season's about this season i know that sounds silly but like with this team it's just take the season in isolation we can figure out all the stuff later down the road because it's very focused and nep's focus is just keeping this nucleus and building this team together yeah so things that we're going to cover in the coming weeks and months obviously we got an awesome uh, another awesome out of conference schedule that's going to test us right away. Um, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, another, a couple other things to look out for. Obviously, we've mentioned this a couple of times and allude to this, a full-blown off-season in review. We know. We get it. We saw the tweets. We saw the comments. We saw the DMs. We know. We haven't done a podcast in a long time, and we haven't even fully given you a full off-season in review. We will give you a full-blown off-season review. That is my promise. I promise you, you're going to get everything, maybe a little oral history of 
of everything going on. Um, we got Willie on the podcast this year. So Chris, Rob, and Willie. I got to work out that intro a little bit. So we got to figure it out. With Chris and Rob. I don't think I can't say that anymore. So what am I going to do from there? Um, you'll hear from Brian and Rachel, who will still be working with us on the podcast. Um, and and we're going to do a um, so an off-season review, a preseason podcast, a schedule review. We got a lot going on. As always, we'll get some interviews throughout the season. So a lot of exciting things to look forward to here on the full 40. But with that being said, I think we wrap it up now. I think we've already done a little bit over where I thought we would go. Uh, but I think we wrap it up here. Um, Willie, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you. I'm um, excited to be here. To the audience, Rob will be back. I know he brings so much value and energy to the podcast. So you guys are waiting for him, his his season six debut. Uh, but he'll be back from Europe in a little bit. And then we'll be able to do a, a joint podcast on the offseason and review. Yep. Um, and with that being said, thank you, everybody, for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Let's go Nova.